Hey there listeners, welcome to Breaking Out the Podcast. As usual, I'm your host Jason Naylor, and you've reached episode 10. I appreciate it greatly if you've been hanging in there for all 10 of these. And if you're a new listener, this is episode 1 or 2, go back and check out a few in the archive, see what you think. Today's interview is a little bit of a long one, so I'm going to skip the pleasantries and the checking in. You don't need to know how I'm doing this week. Today's guest is a little bit different. Today's guest is not an artist per se, although, to be fair, he is a creative. Today's guest is helping artists and helping connect the public with art. Today's guest runs a gallery, an art gallery, although it may not be a gallery in the traditional sense, because that's one of his points. One of his points is he's redefining what a gallery really is. We talk at length about what a gallery is, we talk about interacting with artists, and we talk quite a lot about business. And so, as I said, as this interview isn't with an artist, there's a lot of good business tidbits in there that artists can take on board. In fact, I think you might find this is one of the most important episodes that I record for this series. Who knows? So I want you to listen to this one with an open mind. Today's guest, breaking out the podcast, episode 10, is Elliot from EndemicWorld.com. All right, welcome to Breaking Out the Podcast. We're sitting here today in West Haven Marina in Auckland, almost almost directly underneath the Harbour Bridge. There are billions of dollars worth of boats in here in front of us. And I've got sitting here in the combi with me today, Elliot. Elliot, who a number of locals know as the owner of Endemic World. Is that correct? Yep. EndemicWorld.com. That's it. Ponsonby. Correct. <laughs> selling prints. Yeah. Artistic works. Yep. Supporting the local creatives. That's the one. Fantastic. I had a, um, this is a slightly different interview for me because typically in this very short journey, I've been interviewing the creators themselves. I've been interviewing the artists, the painters, the illustrators, the drawers, the photographers, and talking about their story. And I had a really um, interesting interview the other day with Cy Moore, a photographer, who talked about, we were specifically talking about music, and we were talking about the role that the record labels used to play and how what they effectively were as curators. They would ensure that some of the best music got out. And he talked about the relationship between the artist and the audience and how they helped. And then we got talking about other sort of filters and curators and other sorts of art. And that's what I think is a really, really good segue into Elliot and what Elliot does here, in that he's, he does so many things. But one of the things he does is he, he curates art, and he makes sure that the best art gets out there, and he helps that art find an audience. So what you're really, really doing is you're supporting artists who possibly, probably, maybe have no idea how to support themselves. So I think you're a fundamental part to this whole journey of this podcast that I'm going on here. Um, so I actually it's, don't, I think this interview is actually going to be really, really critical to a lot of this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Right. So but how do you think about it? Well, it's, uh, I feel like I'm like actually right down underneath it all. I'm a salesperson. Salesperson. That's what you position yourself as? That's what Art, you tell artists you are? come to me to sell their work and we do a pretty good job at that. So yeah, that happens and... I suppose because of the, the change in the business from when you first open, and it's the other way around. I was knocking on artist doors, begging, saying, come on, please give me some of your art, and now it's completely kind of flipped the other way. Yeah. And we're getting like probably a couple submissions per day on average. Wow. But we only want to have around artists, 100 artists to work right. with, so you can imagine what that's like. You're saying, now it's saying no a lot more often, and that's really hard. Because you just, you just want to sell it all. It's yeah, like, you want to look after it. That's everyone. rad, and that's rad. And, oh, and, oh, there's just so much good stuff. But, but what you're but then really you've got to really have a sustainable business. So yep. occasionally you've got to say no. Yeah, okay. And, and say that's no where is that hard. curation part comes in. That's right. I think that's super yeah. important. Okay, let's go back. To, let's talk about saying no later. Let's go back, right? 10 years? Is that the length lifespan of your business so far? Pretty much exactly to today. Oh, wow. 
Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't tell you that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2007. Late yeah, 2007, that's it, you started opened, Endemic World, opened the doors, it. and it was a, you were selling art. Yeah, that was one category. Yeah. Yeah, it was a design store, so we sold everything from t-shirts, clothing, gifts, you know, designery objects, bowls, you, know, you name it. It was, you know, we were the first online-only design store. In online only, operating yeah. from that room downstairs in your space currently? Is uh, that right? Actually, it was a... Just from a desk from the back of my dad's design studio at the time. Right. You know, I had a stack of Lundia shelving, and that was it. And then that lasted maybe three or four months before I had to hold more stock. So I got a random little office in Devonport, because that's where I lived. And that was, yeah, that was our, where we did it all. And, you know, holding stock back then was a little unusual. Oh, it was right. usually those dropship models. Right. Like Fish Pond, you know, where they don't actually hold books. And, yeah. You know, other people ship it. We, yeah. we took so some risk. We bought stock. You bought it. Yeah. Oh, right. It, it wasn't even, we'll hold this for you and, and sell it. It was, nope. we'll buy it off you. And yep. then, wow. And that was really, for the small creators that we worked with, they were like, what? You're just going to take it? I'm like, yep. And were you, because um, you said before about the fact you had to reach out and find creators and say, can we stock your stuff? Yeah. So you were was, looking around, yeah. finding, handpicking creators that you wanted, that you, that you, the work you loved or the stuff you thought would sell. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was out of frustration. Do you, I don't know if some people might remember Eon was a design store and that was the best curation of New Zealand design products. Right. But no one was online. You know, oh. this was the day when Trade Me didn't even have a picture on their homepage. This was too early, right? Correct. So yeah. we took, you know, a big punt. So Eon, Eon were still operating at the time? Absolutely. Yep. And are they today or were they? No, at? no. They've, ah. they've closed their doors. Because they just they, weren't making it work. Oh, no. They just didn't make it through the, the GFC, you know, 2009. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, 2008, which yeah, 2008, year. Nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was our biggest challenge. We opened and the recession started. Right. And within 12 months, every design store went online. Which is where you already were. Yeah, so right. exactly. Yeah. So our back. differentiation, which lasted about probably 18 months, because we had speed of delivery, we held stock. You yeah. buy, buy that designer t shirt. Yep. And arrive the next day, and people are like, whoa, this is cool. Were you quite careful about whose work you were selling, you were buying and selling? Were you quite particular about that? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. More from a, when you're small, your relationship's quite close with those people. So you kind of want to like them. Uh-huh. And naturally get on with them. Okay. So that was an important part. So you had to like Absolutely. the artists and get on with them. Totally. And then you would sell their work if their work was what you wanted to sell yeah. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. A lot right. of that. Yep. Right. 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 And flipped. 10 years to today, where, as mm-hmm. you say, you're getting submissions come your way, are you still applying that same model? Do I like you? Do I like your work? Is this going to work? Yeah, it's or almost it... just like the aura of a person. You know, you can feel it. Right. But you st- you are still curating the artists who you represent? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in, in saying that, there's a lot of artists I've actually never physically met because it's an, an email relationship, of course. digital relationship. Of course. And some of them are our top sellers who yeah. we've worked with since day one. Yeah. And I've still never met them. Hey, uh, this might be a silly question because maybe I shouldn't know the answer to this, but is it New Zealand art only? No, it's not. Ah, right. And we get asked that question all the time. Right. So when we were a design store, we were endemicworld.com, and it was NZ only. And we, actually no, it was endemic.co.nz, I think. Huh, how funny is that? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and yeah. What's so, happened in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah. It's, it feels like five lifetimes. <laughs> you go yeah, back a stage and we were thinking, well, we're going to have to rename ourselves when we decided to go, hey, we've got to change the business model yeah, overnight. Yeah, Otherwise, right. we're going to have to close the doors. Yep. I so, decided to close all categories except art. That was my personal favorite. So when did this happen? When was this period here that you're talking about? 2011, I yep. think. And what was going through your life or your business at that time that caused this to happen? 
No money left. Right. Lots of debt. Right. What do you do? Classic startup story. Well, we've made it three years and we're going to close the doors. And right. I was pretty close to, to doing that, actually yeah. on two occasions. Yeah, within you a know. very short time frame. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, yeah. and I was using, you know, the old parents' capital. I was getting bank debt as well and I didn't have any assets to back that up. So I'd already crossed my personal kind of level of like, well, if we'll invest that much, that's what we'll start with. If we don't make it, yeah. that's all we'll lose. Wow. And probably tripled that before wow. we started making a very small profit. Yeah, sure. And and so part of the decision there rather than closing and walking away was to say it was to narrow it down. N- exactly. To, to niche it, out. Yeah. yeah and find your niche. Yeah. I'd, my parents are art collectors, so I didn't actually realise that I had quite a good knowledge of just art and that kind of thing. Yeah. And around graphic designers all yeah. the time. So I just love two D. Right. I don't really have much attention to a designer couch or a flash t shirt. I've never really been into those kinds of positions, you know. Right. But like a cool picture. So it seems, it seems obvious now and in two thousand eleven. Totally not it seems obvious now. And when it clicked in two thousand eleven it seemed, yeah. it was like, oh, of course this is what we should be doing. But for yeah. those three years prior Absolutely. it was just design. Yeah. Embrace all design. Yeah. But right. then I was like, right, you know, our background is graphic design and we we know that 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 yeah. stuff. So overnight we added the world yep. and dot com because we didn't want to be NZ only anymore, yes. and we open the doors, so we have about 10-15% of the artists are yeah from abroad. And so it became endemicworld.com, That's you it. then said we're doing prints only? Exactly, prints None only. None of this other stuff? Nope. And you, was it about that time that, had you, at this stage, had you moved from Devonport to your current premises, or was that after? Yeah, so my, uh, the graphic design studio, they moved premises to a, a new place, so they had a, a bit of spare room. So I upped, upped uh, from the Devonport location and moved in with them. And that was more to be closer with uh, Kate and Grant, which is my sister and my dad, because they were invested in it and they were directors of the business. Sure. And so I needed, I needed more of their, their time and to be in the same room. That was <laughs> the aim. Yeah. But I, it didn't actually really work that way. Right. You know, it was almost a bit harder to sort of do my own thing. Oh, wow. The pressure and or expectation or their, yeah, their kind of, shoulder or something? Yeah, it was yep. a little bit distracting because it was like a corporate environment. Mm. Although it was creative, when you're a retailer, sales and marketing is the first thing and the most important thing. And in e-commerce, you need to move seriously fast and things don't have to be, unfortunately, perfect. But in a traditional graphic design space, if you miss a full stop or if that tee's a little out of line or you know little things like that, it's like, hang on, this is a newsletter. It goes out tomorrow. We do not need to spend three hours designing it. Right. So yes. that was back then when, yep. you know, and I, there was a bit of like, oh, this has to change. And we once again were not really getting to where we wanted to go. Still, you know, still a lot of debt. Sure. And my random meeting between my father and an old photographer friend. This is funny. They used to work together in the 80s. They yep. bumped into each other at a sushi joint 20 years later. And he says to my dad, hey, you have a graphic design studio, don't you? Yeah, I've got an empty building on Ponsonby Road. You should move there. And he's like, I'm actually just good. I've just moved into a new place. But hey, my son might be interested. Yeah. So my sister went down and viewed it. Comes back 10 minutes later, we're moving. Wow. I was just like, what? You're crazy. I don't know how to deal with physical, like the physical, you know, I was e-commerce for five years. Yeah. That's all I knew. You had only been online it's at the start. Online, yeah. yeah. So one thing, no nine to five when you're online only. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what? I'm going to have to turn up at like... You know, I was a kid who like go to work at six and then leave at lunchtime. You know, I was <laughs> right. like, this is a bit, I don't know if I was ready for this. The fellow Max Thompson just said, hey, look, just have a pop up, you know, have it for three months and we'll see how it rolls. And we've never left. 
unbelievable. Yeah. And that's a really interesting journey to go from from a pioneer of online only. Yeah, one, I was all only interested in e-commerce. Yep, yeah. e-commerce, online, to yeah. then have... Bricks and mortar was dying, right? Right, was I know. Who was going to open a physical store? Are you crazy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you did it, and your business has flourished since then? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's actually been almost critical to your success, or do you think you your change... Oh, there's so tact? many There's so many small things, but it sure. was a massive turning point in realizing when you... When you're creating and it's only online, you're only looking at pictures. But when you suddenly saw all of that stuff physically in a room together and displayed well, I was like, wow, this actually looks really cool. Wow. Yeah. And it totally changed the whole experience for anyone buying stuff because they search online, but there are still those barriers. I really want to see it, touch yep. it, smell yep. it, whatever, especially with art. Yeah. And I think Even it applies, it's just a 2D print, I think it applies to art massively. Yeah. Colors look different. You know, all those things, size and orientation, and it's like how the frame looks. And frame. so yeah. much stuff. Fra- that is, texture that is of paper, you know. Isn't it's it? It's pretty hard to show texture of paper on a website. White oh. on white on white. Now that you explain so, it, it makes so much sense. But when you first think about it, and you were probably the same 10 years ago, yeah. you think that it would be the perfect thing to sell online. But actually, no, it's almost, that's almost not the right place for it. It needs to be in person. You're still not sure? Yeah, it's definitely both. So tell me, how, how much both. of your sales would be, what sort of percentage would be online and what percentage would come through your Ponsonby Road location? I'd say it's about 60, 40. Look, if I looked at over, like I said, a three to four year period, it's probably about 50, 50. Wow. That's phenomenal. Mm. It's, it's, it's insane. So, you know, from a business that was 100% online to, you know, basically 50, 50 is, is quite, yeah. It's quite bizarre. How do you feel in a, a retail space now when people are coming in and chatting to you every day? I mean, I walked in there yesterday and you bounded up to me and you said hi. Feels to me like you're in your element there. Oh, yeah, it's really social. It's it so is. social. And yeah. do you enjoy that? Oh, massively. Yeah. I didn't realize I did because I was actually a really shy person. Uh-huh. So it's actually personally been a really good thing for, yeah. for my character, I guess, in terms of yeah, having yeah, yeah. some confidence in your ability to socialize with people and talk confidently about a piece of art. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You were you were sheltered, you were hiding in your online oh, t- store absolutely. at your desk. Didn't yeah. realise that you actually needed yeah. this interaction perhaps. Yeah. That was back in the day when e commerce stores hid their phone numbers and physical addresses. Because no, they didn't want to you. ever see one or speak to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just email. And now yeah, and now anyone can just walk in and say hi to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you've and got quite an amazing space there. And I it's more than anyone walking past on the street would just see a little wee gallery space at the front. Yeah, so that was an accident. That's a you know, after the pop-up, we were only upstairs at the very back of the building. Yep. And then a different person took the building. And so we subleased off him downstairs in the basement. Yeah. So he couldn't actually see us at all. Uh-huh. And then I guess I just woke up one day and decided to risk it all. And so I leased the entire building. Yeah. Which was like, swallow, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> Signing up to three years on, yeah. you know, six-figure rent on Fonsby Road. That's pretty scary commitment as a that small business. massive Especially yeah. as an art business, which yeah. you're, has a very up-and-down uh, revenue, you know, it's not consistent like a cafe where you got your regular staff and constant sales. It's very, very lumpy. It's is it lumpy because of seasonal factors, or is it lumpy? What's it lumpy because of? Uh, yes, seasonal, definitely. We have summer and Christmas hit at the same time in New Zealand. Yeah. So we get a huge spike in that sort of no- October, November, December. This is say if you're in Europe, your summers in the middle of the year get a little lift, and yeah. then Christmas at the end of the year get a little lift. Sure. So the Northern Hemi. You know, retailers have a total different pattern to us here. We just, it's all in three months, you can do 50% of your revenue. Yeah. And that's the main reason that, that you have these peaks and troughs? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so then, but in your space, so you've, 
you've got this work the space upstairs which is the main um yeah. uh, i don't want to call it a shop because it feels like a gallery oh. and one of the comments you said to me yesterday was hey what is a gallery right Let's yeah exactly. a gallery. Well, that's the question i ask myself every day you do yeah what is a gallery what well, does a modern art gallery look like who knows there's no rules anymore no and, right. it, and, and it can look like and does look like your space yeah exactly white cubes that's that's a thing of the past uh-huh yeah colorful prints heaps of them right um but not not cluttered at all yeah yeah exactly like it I actually interestingly just listened to a podcast on artsy about a week ago and it was five uh, art dealers talking about that model and how it's changed and that's all that sort of started probably two or three years ago in in the US in Europe and it's probably not really happened here yet there's yeah. still what is there's still art there's of? still white boxes opening like oh. when I say white box it's like that classic fine art art gallery it's white walls, concrete floor, very brightly lit, mm. and things hung very f- spaced far apart. Yep. It might be echoey. There's no lights. When you walk in, you're like, oh, am I allowed to be in here? Um, <laughs> yeah. Can I touch that? <laughs> yeah. Do they know, I, like, where's, what's it called? Like, there's no price labels. You don't... Yep. It's just a question mark. If you'd never bought a painting before, you wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah. You know? It's a pretty scary environment. Good call. And well, we do have if, galleries like that, right? Yeah. And what if you just want to yeah. go look at it? Yeah. They don't really feel that welcome if you just want to rock up and just just have a look. Yeah. And I can tell you, the listeners, that your space does not feel like that at all. It feels no. super welcoming. That's it. And as you say, there's art, there's artwork on the walls and it's priced. And then there's artwork in your boxes on the tables, which clearly you are allowed we, to thumb through and touch and hold. And We're doing it the way you're supposed I don't know if you're... If there's a right way or wrong way. It's your way. I just got frustrated because I I did want to start selling paintings. That was a real, like a bit of a, a goal. And I was like, man, can I really sell $10 prints and 10 grand paintings next to each other? Like, I couldn't find anyone, <clears throat> you know, in New Zealand doing that. Um, no one in Australia was really doing it either. There was a few that were selling, like, some nice paintings, but nowhere. The lower end of the, the print price, you know, they might have prints in the two to $300 range. Yep. And some galleries do that now. I'm noticing some of the higher end galleries are selling, <clears throat> you know, selling work under the thousand dollar mark. Yeah. So to yeah to have like you know you look at the wall and there's a five grand painting, then the print right next to it's two hundred fifty dollars framed. Yeah, and then the box and below there's the a forty nine dollar print. There you go. Yeah, and it shouldn't matter. All in the same room. Yeah. But it does matter for the artist, and that's the bit. Okay. People probably think we don't think about that. Yeah. Because some artists will be like, I don't want to see my work next to that forty nine dollar print. It brings right. down the value of mine. Right. But that is the old way of thinking because if we could, if I could describe some of the customers that walk in, people probably wouldn't believe, like, you know, Mr. Blah, 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 or Mrs. Blah, 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 you know, also buy their work at that gallery, but also buy work from us too. Yeah. What is your average, actually, I hate the word average, but um, a typical customer of yours look like? Typical customer of ours? Have you got a customer persona? Oh, you know, late 30s, early 40s, female, and would be buying for their home for their home yeah it's absolutely it's personal personal purchases and what we've seen over the time is a lot of those people that were say younger and buying just prints off us we have a lot of real loyal customers which Great. is something when you know they're coming back now and now buying paintings because they've loved you know having prints on the wall and they might have had them there for say three or four years and now they're like got one kid and bought their first house and they're like we really want something a bit more special and they're ready to spend you know up to the 10k mark yeah, and they right. want to really own something really really meaningful yeah and it's often that first piece is something they'll spend a lot of time researching 
Wow. I've had customers spend a year thinking about work and then they'll finally purchase something. Right? Yep. And are they, are they they'll pop- send us photos of it hanging on their house and just be like, wow, that was so cool. And yeah. Isn't that amazing that you're, you're such oh, an intimate yeah. part of that journey? That's the high. That's definitely the, yeah. yeah, you're kind of just trying to solve a problem. Like they they some of them are blank. They come in, they're like, we, we want something, but I have no idea. I love that. And then I'm like, well, you're just starting a journey. You need to go around 50 galleries. Is that what you're saying? And I was like, hey, follow this artist. Check this out. Oh, totally, yeah. You want to like immerse them, like get them excited about what they could potentially have. Because not only that, we might not have what they want, but I'll help them find it somewhere else. Good on you. Which is pretty also unusual. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I feel yeah. like, what? You send, you're sending us away? Would Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, because I'm pretty sure, because if they don't love it instantly, then they're probably not going to have it on their wall that long. Sure. And I want, you know, we do have a 50-year vision at work, so we're like, well, what if that's on their, on their walls in 50 years? Job well done. Tell me about yeah. your 50-year vision. Is that is that in your vision? Mm, I can kind of talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, if you can't, that's all right. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's basically don't, trying my, to... My directors don't even know about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is yeah. this a 50-year vision for you in Endemic World, or is this a 50-year Absolutely. vision for your customers? 50-year vision for Endemic World. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Amazing. We're in a world of, like, instantness and things come and go so quick, and that's probably been the biggest learning curve of having a physical space and at the place on Ponsby Road where we are because the neighbouring business is a tattoo studio that's been there for about 40 to 50 years, I think. Right. And unfortunately, the guy just passed away, but two young guys have taken it on, and it's like a museum. And then down the road a little bit further is Peter Rogers. He owns Real Time, the antique store. I think he's been there for 25 to 30 years. Right. And these guys are the happiest people I've ever met, and they're a real part of Ponsby Road history and like Greyland history. And it's just like, imagine that's, I'd love to be in that place. It's just made me start to think in a real big picture, long-term kind of view. I admire that. You know, I might not be the person still running it then. That's not really what I'm worried about. Yeah, but I'd sure. like the, the gallery, the brand, yeah. and that whole thing to hopefully entertain people long enough that we can be around for 50 years. Yeah. People can look back, look, your mm. neighbours, new people to the area can look at Endemic World and say, that's been there for 50 years. That's been that, exactly, creating you know? people's homes, making their homes feel more alive yeah. for that period of time. And it could be partly because you're working with artists, and I think a lot of, a lot of artists, <laughs> interesting, aren't after money at all. They want to leave a like a bit of a legacy. Mm. They just want to have reputation, mm. and it's not just about dollar signs. So let's talk about your relationship with artists. So going back ten years, you were handpicking artists and and um, yeah, just pleading work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, can <laughs> please I sell your work? Please, can I sell your work? Yeah. These days, it's sort of flipped around where a lot of them are coming to you. You're still curating. You're still helping, uh, choosing those artists that you want to work with and the art that you want to sell. Are you still buying the work outright or are you now stocking it for them and paying them afterwards? Ah, it's, it's interesting, eh? This is uh, part of the business model that, uh, you know, a traditional gallery, you take paintings and everything you take on commission. You don't spend anything. As and a then, gallery owner correct. or runner. Yeah, and, then you, yeah. and then you take a, a commission once it's sold. So you might take a painting, say it sells $100, and so your commission is 40%, you know, you take 40 bucks and I just get $60. Yep. Pretty simple. And so we completely mix it up with right. most of the prints. We're actually paying for all the printing and framing. And so the artist has no risk. Um, all of the work made by the artist, like screen prints, woodblock prints, all that stuff, I actually just buy outright. Wow. Which is also, no gallery does that. No. I just buy it. And that one that gets the artist cash up front and it leaves gives me the power to choose when I hang things, how I hang things, how I frame things, and all of that, which is really important from to be able to differentiate rather than if you've got a show, it's like that's it. 
the outer springs are in it has to be one way and then but with paintings it's generally commission based but we are like community gallery type commission okay so the maximum we we take 30 right. which is kind of like the studio one or the yep. depot and Devonport, the community run gallery, yep. galleries because you know fine art galleries will take 50 to 60 right yeah it's huge isn't it because the power of their gallery name and their buying list is pretty flash yeah there's a couple of really important points to that there because firstly you are taking on a lot of the risk for the artist by printing and framing them effectively Correct. as yeah. needed, right? Which is amazing. Which well, is artists don't have capital to invest in getting the work out there. Yeah, sure. That's the biggest barrier to lots of good work being out and available. Yep, is physically yeah. getting that You never physically see it. Mounted. So you're taking on that risk and doing that for them, so you're mm. supporting them in that way. You and can't buy an Instagram picture and it appears on your wall. You know, people forget that, but no. you have to physically see those things. Yeah, sure. To be like, I want that. And, sure. And check it out. And then the second thing you're doing um, is the way that you actually buy artwork off the artist as well, right? Pay them Absolutely. Up front, buy it off you. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of which traditional galleries are doing. Nope. So you are you are supporting these artists in a way that they are not supported in the traditional art world. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. And it seems like it's a win-win for them and you. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, yeah. you're, you're taking a bit of the risk, but it's well, definitely it a win for them. It is, but I don't think they really. Uh, I don't want to be negative on this, but a lot of people probably don't actually realise that. Yeah. So in terms of like us actually trying to support the artist, we, I don't think of it that way. I actually trying to um, just approach the business with a business hat, not an art hat. Sure. Which means just we're always like trying to do things quicker, faster, better type thing. Yeah. That yeah. means, right, I'm just going to remove some admin yeah, I don't want to look through sales sheets yeah. and work out commissions. I'll just buy that, buy that, buy that. Thanks. Cool. Next. Yeah. Actually, the second point I wanted to make there, Some... actually, which I made really badly, was more the fact that you're also in so much more control of what you hang on your walls. You said this yourself. Oh, yeah, that's real important. Yeah. So because mm. you choose the artwork that you want to print and hang, mm-hmm. you choose the stuff that you buy, you can put it however you want. You're not at that's the whim it. of the artist, right? So you've actually Correct. got a huge amount of control. Yeah. And from a purely business decision, that means that you're in control of how your space looks and what you're selling, which, and you know that better than any artist would know. And that's the thing. They have to have a lot of trust in us, yeah. in which yep. we are very lucky. The artists that do work with us totally give us that control. Yeah. And, you know, occasionally they're like, hey, I haven't seen my work on the walls for a while. How about this or that and I'm like hang on you've been in Fiji for three months holidaying or like yeah, I'll put you out on the wall we know I want to put you out on the wall <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? yeah. but naturally it's kind of like they're excited and they want to see it so they can come in and take shots tell people mm. which is also natural too so we do have to juggle a little bit yeah sure and, and that artist who's, who's $500 print is next to a $50 print who gets a little funny about that yeah you do have to you know we're extremely accommodating compared to some galleries sure. I've spoken to many gallerists and or and I'll tell them these things are happening and I'm asking for advice because managing artist relationships is the number one hardest thing to do when you're right. running an art business. Right. Nothing is harder than that. Right. And it's seriously demanding on your personal time too. Yeah. You know, I take calls, texts, whatever, yeah. 24-7, any yeah. day. Yeah. Artists don't live in 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Sure. And even though your shop might, your business doesn't. Correct. So yeah. you are... Business is 24 24-7. 24-7. 24-7. 24-7. Yeah. And you're dealing with all of these relationships yourself? Correct. You, personally. Elliot, is doing all of them personally? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Plus run the biz, plus, you know, physically in the store. In so the store? Plus clean the toilet. framing today. <laughs> yeah, I'm framing. I'm printing. Yeah. Oh, you clean the toilet as well? well. Yeah. <laughs> Top Sweat to bottom. Floors. All of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I even saw you clean up some stuff off the floor as well. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I think that's important. You've got to be in every, every aspect of your business. To, yeah. But you do have a little bit of a team there, right? Who are yeah, so it's, helping you out? Yeah, it's three of us. Yeah, great. Plus, uh, you know, we work with some other people, other businesses that help us, like collaborations. <clears throat> so when so working artist... with the stylist to help us get imagery and 
sorry, working with a stylist. For imagery, so we, a lot uh, of the content we're making, we will work with other people yep. to get that content yep. versus like having our own in-house photo studio all the time. Sure. We might do like half of it ourselves, but then things that are outside our expertise. You know, I'll be like, hey, I need these paintings shot styled this way. Can you help? Great. Yeah. And they'll put together a lounge and hang it, shoot it, and give us the content we need. Fantastic. If an artist approaches you and says, hey, uh, and, and they're, they're a fresh artist, they're a new artist, they're someone that you haven't encountered or worked with before, what, is it, what sort of process do you go through yourself before you will have their work in your, in your space? <sighs> There's not it's, even a rule book you follow. It's different it, every time? Uh, it's, I guess because so, the submission's always different. So, I mean, some, some are email, some are a direct message through Instagram. So you've got to be... Per, prepared to be looking at the art in all different ways some people just turn up in a car with paintings in their boot and be like can you sell these for me yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay standing out on the Ponzi road looking at art and it's like stacked on top of each other in the back of the car i'm like um this is kind of a, nah it's not how it works <laughs> see all those scratches and things and it's like you should treat your work better yeah but generally it's we try and save it up at the end of the week because we get we call it tired eyes we're looking at work all the time yeah it's like a wine taster, sniff the tea bag, neutralize, then look at it. Yep. So generally it's like Fridays, right, stop working. Let's look at the submissions. Wow. One at a time. Yeah. And then we'll real do our research because artists will think what they think will sell in your gallery. Yeah. But then you just end up with people giving you work that looks like all the work you've already got. I see. So oh, I see that you sell this kind of work. Hey, mine's the same. I'm like, well, that doesn't really help anyone. People want a, a really wide mix. Is that what you're ultimately aiming to do is get a massive variety of... That, yeah, super important. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, so we're curating for our customers. Mm. We're never curating for ourselves. If I was curating for myself, I'd be out of business real quick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's a really important distinction there, actually. Um, and I have to think about this a little bit more on what I'm trying to say here. But you you say you're not curating for yourself. My taste in art. Yeah, but... Well, I mean, I, I say yes, I guess, but not all of it. Yeah. I well, have to really think about what my local customer base want that's the thing i'm sure there's stuff that you're drawn to and i'm sure what 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 endemic world represents and how it looks and what you're selling really is very closely aligned with elliot and your tastes and views Mm -hmm. but you you work really hard to think about your artists and your customers and aligning them yeah and it's like you know there are parts the customer base where that's a smaller group so we can take that artist because that that's cool and that helps get those guys some stuff they want and then there'll be but maybe we would get a lot of submissions of work that would be great for that market, but I can't take it all. Otherwise, all those artists, they wouldn't probably really sell enough each to be that stoked. So I do try and help them. Like I want an artist to come to me and us be able to sell their work. Yep. If I just said yes to everyone, yeah. we might grow our business, but that would be a bit selfish because then you just have, let's say, $1,000 a year going to 500 artists yep. versus how about five to 10 grand a year going to 100 artists. The more sales I can get those artists, the more commitment they have to us, and that's just a win-win. Yeah, so there's that there's that beautiful middle ground, right, where totally. rather than selling for 10,000 or selling for 10 artists, there's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, and it's constant balance. It's yeah, like never yeah, perfect, yeah. Never and you're it. always trying to work that. Yeah, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Because you don't also oversell an artist, boom-bust style. Oh, everyone's got one of those now, so yeah, that's just a good point suddenly, as well. You know, it's all about that sustainable, um, yeah, the long game. It's all about the long yeah. game. Do yeah. artists ever... Um, I'm hoping I know the answer to this question, but did artists ever come into you and saying, hey, I need some advice as to what to create or what's going to sell here? It's <laughs> the number one question I never answer in terms of they always walk in and say, hey, what's popular? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, nope. You're not going to tell them? Never. Yep, great. Yep. Great. They need to make from 
you know, the heart. They've got to make what they like making. At the same time, uh, interesting, you know, hearing Hayley King flocks in the earlier talking about that, creating work that sells and making sure people are into what you're doing is probably the number one hardest thing for artists because they're torn between making sure they make what sells and what they really want to make. Yeah. Like drastically changing their style, for example. Yeah. But I want to do this. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, everyone loves that stuff. So you should really make sure you please the 80% of those that really like it and just rather than changing your entire style and risk everything. Yeah. So they do come and ask. I don't work super closely with every single artist, but about 20 to 30 of them I'm regularly in touch with and helping them tune and oh, wow. and making personal comments on parts of their work. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. But it's taken me a long time to get the confidence to do yeah. that. Wow. And that, and that is, that's to their benefit. That is actually just to help them commercially. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So there is a little bit of that feedback loop going on there. Definitely. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, 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 I look forward to the day where artists are financially free because it's always usually the opposite. Is it? How are your artists doing? Do you know? Well, you know, I'm only one gallery and I never ask them what they sell in, at their other galleries or online or, mm. or whatever. It's not, yeah, I don't really want to get distracted by it, I guess. I sure. just focus yeah. on what you're doing. Yeah, I want to just max what we can do for them. Yeah, and you said that, actually, as we were driving down here, you said that one of the biggest buzzers you get is when you pay them. Oh, yeah. If invoice. I can, yeah, if I can say to an artist, hey, we sold this or sold that or like, here's your commission report for the month and it's like, you know, thousands of dollars. It's, it's, yeah, it's really satisfying. Yeah. And especially when I look at a whole year, you know, it might be X per month, but then I go, wow, that year I made 20 something thousand dollars for that artist. It's like, far out. That, you don't notice it until you look at it as a big over a year, you know? Yeah. Because it's trickling all the time. Um, or a painting. Just recently, uh, Lucy Davidson, a new artist, she brought in uh, four paintings and three sold within three days. Wow. And we were all just like, wow, that's awesome. High fives all around. And I'm like, please give us more. Yeah. Got a waiting list for people who want more. You know, still getting phone calls. Where did that blue painting go that was in your window? It's like, yeah. wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, at the, the next week, you never know what might happen. Yeah. She might bring us three paintings and they might sit there for six months. Don't even move. And that's the yeah. nature of the art game. Oh, isn't that fascinating? You have to, be, tough. You have to be extremely patient. Right. Because, you know, if you sell a painting, only one person has to like it. Yep. Just one person. That's it. Painting sold. That's right. Versus other things that are multiples. Yeah. It's a totally different ball game. So you have to get in front of a a much more uh, curated audience, I guess. Or versus just like, hey, here's a pair of new balances and just spam the world. And if you hit a million people, you know 100,000 people are going to buy a pair. It's yep. kind of basic math stuff. What does marketing look like for you guys? Are you um, excited by marketing? Is that something, a big part of what you do? Yeah, it is. It's just kind of like storytelling in a way. But we do take it very seriously, and I think that's like a big thing that like young businesses don't really realize at the start. It's all about how flash the website is or how cool the product is, and it's like the, the ones that last are the ones that take sales and marketing very seriously. Yeah, yep. and, and storytelling the artist's story or yeah, both. your story or the client's customer story. The whole, the whole, all of it. Mm. So we, as a business, we have two customers. One's the artist mm. and one are mm. the people buying the art because we're actually working for the artists all the time, printing and framing. So we, we run yeah. online stores for other artists. We print and frame in real time for their oh, exhibitions. Right, right, right. There's, yeah, there's a whole, yeah, there's more to A it. lot goes on that for what people see. Yeah. And we try to show it all. We try like, it's like, oh man, we can only show like 5% of what we actually get up to. Yeah. You know, we're doing corporate jobs. We're doing all sorts. Right. Yep. 
Fascinating. And uh, also just hunting out for people that's starting to happen. People so, say that again? Hunting, right? Just so people come with a challenge and they're like, we've got this, we want that, can you help? Yep, sure. And I'll just go out there and have a hunt. Whether we have it or, or someone else, and that's kind of tending towards the dealer model, but I would rather not get into that mode because it's uh, it's a bit too personal. Okay. I'm not quite there yet. I think you need to be selling out for a good 20 years plus before you start becoming a, a private dealer. Uh, okay, but but ultimately you would like to get there, you think? I think I would, yeah. but I only if I still like. Yeah, I guess it's just the helping people part. That's the bit I like. Yeah. Because they're frustrated. They don't know what to do. That runs through yeah. so many things you've said today. They could be busy and full on, but they know they want out. It's like, what do you do? Who do you turn to? Yeah. So I do have a semi-silent mentor, mentor who just is a art dealer. Uh-huh. So I am learning about that world, but it's, it takes 50 years to become a master at that. It's, do you reckon? <clears throat> absolutely. Don't think yep. Elliot could fast track that? Oh, I think you're on your way. Yeah, I'd like to. I think but you're on your yeah, way. You know, yeah. you think of it's a different world I don't know about, but you, they might have a house on Waikiki Island, and it's new, and they need art. But they might live in Italy. Who's going to fill it for art for them? Sure. You need a personal relationship with that person. Sure. You've got to know their taste, and you need to know how to communicate them in some random time frame, and plus go buy it all and get it hung. And it's yeah. Not everyone who buys art for themselves does it themselves. They often have a buyer that does it for them. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. in, in that in that other end, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So How often a, does an artist come to you and um, present something to you, some of their work that completely blows you away, that just makes you and the team say, "Oh my god, look at this!" Oh, probably weekly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And whether they're new or existing, they can be existing yeah. artists, and they're still doing something that blows you away. Exactly. Like recently, Georgie Mellion. She's a floral sculptor, I guess is how you'd describe it, because she's a florist by trade. Yep. And she works with, with a photographer. Yep. Doing these epic, like, short-term sculptures to be able to take a photograph off. And she does very low-run, huge-scale photographic prints of them. Yep. Her last show wasn't actually at our gallery, but we sponsored it because we, we do her printing. And when she sent the, the hey, i am almost got my finals, here's sort of 20, can we do a spreadsheet and then you know, have a look and discussion and work out which ones. It was, it was like, drop the mouse, just stare at the screen, just going, oh my God, look at this work. It is just out of control. Yeah. So much though that I was like, you know, sneaking a few previews to customers. They're saying, <laughs> I really like that on the wall. Do you have any of your other work? And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, check this out. Look what I've just found. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, grab the USB and show them on the screen. Don't yeah. tell anyone, but <laughs> this show opens in like 10 days. Yeah, get you in You should there. definitely go to it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, like, I get so excited, I can't stop. I have to show someone. Great. Just like, I love your enthusiasm for this. Oh, it's so good. Some of the work we get, it's world class, and they, no one has any idea. Like, some of the work that we would sell for two to 3000 that could be on a wall in a gallery overseas in New York, and it would be fifty grand. Yeah. In terms of the quality and execution, it's just, it's it's seriously good. And and how, what do your walls look like at home? <laughs> well, I live in a little old state house, so it's mostly windows and doors. Yeah. But the few walls that I do have, it's uh, a lot of marine-orientated art. Sure. Um, one of my favourite pieces is a little kid in a dinghy, just a black-and-white sketch by Malaki, Taranaki artist, and that's just like, you know, that fearless, don't lose your adventure, adventureness of being young. Yep. Because, you know, everyone's getting a bit scared of being old. And then it's uh, definitely a fave would be a huge photograph of a sculpture 
which is really odd. I actually don't like sculpture. Yeah. Not, not yet anyway. I don't really get it. Yeah. I'm like, what's that big thing doing? It's kind of like, it's not yeah. serving a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway. You're not into the 3D thing, are you? No, not at all. But no. then this the guy, Ben Young, it. he's called Broken Liquid. Yeah. And it's like, I should, if anyone hasn't seen Ben Young's work, he's, a old, he's left the boat building industry and his sculptures are made out of glass and concrete. And it's like, so it's the Insane. base, the base is, is the bottom of the ocean. So it's all concrete and the contours of the ocean. Yeah. And then it's protruding out through glass. I think I have seen this. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. glass is like waves and it's, say, I've got the one that's like a lighthouse and it, the, oh, wow. it's just insane. I stare at it all day just going, yeah. how did he make that and what? And, yeah. you know, the classic lighthouse in the storm. Yeah. It's just like choice as. You've got, and you've got a print of that, a photo Correct. of that. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just started, he sells his own prints through the galleries. Yeah. And because we're his printer, I saw it and I just was like, picked up the phone straight away. I was like, Ben, wow, your work's amazing. I know you're only doing sort of, you know, an A2 size <clears throat> prints, but any chance you'd let me do a double AO for my wall at home? Because I'm just, I can't stop looking at that. He's like, for sure. So the next time he was in Auckland, I was like, right, I'll print one. He came in and like signed it. He paid it for me. <clears throat> and yeah, let me frame it up and put it on my wall. Brilliant. So that's kind of special because it's just a print. Yeah. When I say just, it's a, print, just a print, it's the most <laughs> epic print. Yeah. And it's, but you can't buy one. What about his original, his sculptures? Where are they? Are they pieces in his home or have, has he sold those or what's happened with those? Um, they, they are shown all around the world. Oh, wow. And they're four figures at least, and there's two-year waiting list to get one. Wow. I see. I'll never get to own one myself, so, you know, next best thing. <laughs> you never know. It's Beautiful. your plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful printed ones, just as good. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any Are there any um, interesting artists who we should keep an eye out for that are... That are... Oh, I wouldn't know where to start. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's not go down there. I have some personal faves, of course. Yeah. But who, then... who are your personal faves? Are you allowed to say that? Um... Without offending <laughs> anyone? How about we just give a shout out to a couple of really cool artists? Yeah, here. well, personally, I do like Malaki's work. Yep. This, I've actually looked at it a lot just like when I was younger because he used to draw like crazy little snowboard dudes and skate dudes, and I was always snowboarding, so I just really liked it. Yeah. Just more illustration and quite urban and rough. Yeah, yeah. and I just really like that, that black and white simple yeah. drawing style. Yep. The detail's Raw. crazy, you know, it's like the shoelaces on the kids' shoes are just, how did he draw that small and like wow. so detailed? Fantastic. And, and, and as, a hum, as a human, he's amazing. Oh, yeah? So that's also like, he'll always be art, making art. I yep. think that's what I'd also get drawn to. There's a lot of people who might be an artist, but then after 10 years, bail. Right. And that's what you have to look out for. Uh-huh. People and, who are... N- yeah. I love Nigel Roberts' work. He's like a self-taught uh, sign writer. You know, the old school way of sign writing? Yeah. Paint, brush, and hands. And, yeah, he's yeah. doing that. Yes, yeah, so he does that. Right. But he also works in film. <clears throat> doing stage sets but he's just one of those total all-round creators what he touches it's like wow that's crazy so <clears throat> i actually missed out on a work of his at a show and i was quite gutted because yeah. he had re- sign written in gold lettering on the glass of the frame right behind that was a photograph that he had taken on film yeah and the photograph's a pile of rubbish in china and the text is just the Chinese beer that he was drinking at the time. And Nigel's always got a beer in his hand. He's a, he's a legend. Yeah. So it's just like, I have to have that name. It's sold, of course, the first thing that's sold, walking oh, into the show. Right. Yep. Someone else felt the same as you. <coughs> oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're two people that I really I really watch. Great. But also Component, his work's amazing. Component? Yeah. Yep. The big stencil works he does. Really like that stuff. Mm. Okay, there's some good tips there. I'm going to backtrack a little bit here and just talk a little bit more about business, um, just a little bit. What what excites you about business, about your business and business in general most? What excites me? It's just, it's like not one day is the same. Every, every day is different. You just, it's that 
being a generalist, I think, is what I also like. When you're a business owner, you're not just doing the finances, you're not just um, HR stuff, you know, staff, you're not just being a buyer or a seller. I think naturally I'm quite a, I like doing multiple things at the same time. Yeah, sure. I understand that. As a, kid, as a kid, I you know didn't <clears throat> do too well at school because I was too busy to, wanting to do other things. What's the toughest part about your business? Biggest challenges in your business? Managing cash flow, number one. Yep. Week to week and the ups and downs in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's, especially for small business, managing cash flow is very hard. So you have to just be, you have to be really on your toes when it comes to, you know, those, those parts and... I pay an accountant, yeah. and they come in twice a week. Uh-huh. So this is a lot of creative businesses or people who are in the arts. They don't think the same rules apply. You know, whether you're selling pigs or paintings, it doesn't matter. You've got to take that stuff seriously. Yeah, sure. And pay serious attention to it. Because if you take your eye off even a couple of days, stuff can start changing really fast. Yep. In the nature of business today, with how fast things are changing, like Amazon opening two days ago in Australia, you know, drones delivering pizzas, it's like whatever, you've got to be prepared just, it's usually just when you think you've got everything dialed, there's a change. Tomorrow, it yeah, all changes. that's it changes. Yeah, so keep you, an eye on it. Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, right, okay. That's the tough, and toughest part is cash flow. Uh, do you reckon you're pretty good at that? Oh, well, now I'm pretty good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The great thing about time is you start to learn to forecast a lot better. Sure. You've got that experience behind you, right? You've exactly. Ten yeah. Years. yeah. You know, but there's always that ten percent or twenty percent that just totally you're like, How did that happen? What's changed? And there's a lot of stuff outside your control. You know, I think September this year is quite tricky because of the elections. So business in general just kind of stalled for a month. Yeah. But it did, didn't all, it? all yeah. kinds of businesses. Not yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Not, not just, just you. art businesses, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. was kind of fascinating. Everything yeah. stopped, yeah, wasn't it? Everything just, just kind of was on pause and you're kinda like, Well this sucks. Yeah. Why does that have to ruin everyone else's day? It's yeah, like, yeah. man, damn politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once every three years, there's yeah. going to be this silly little laugh. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. One of the things you mentioned to me is that you sell your own uh, art, artwork. Occasionally. Occasionally sell your own artwork in, yes. in your store. So what are you creating? Uh, photographic prints. Yeah. And then also a small range of graphic work that I work with, partnership with another person. Is this a regular thing for you that you're creating these pieces no, of work? No, absolutely not, but it should be. I am the classic artist when it comes to that. I can't decide what to release, how to price it, to audition it or not. And I Funny. go through and I'm advising everyone else nonstop on it. And then yeah. it comes to my own. I'm just like, oh, this is too hard. Can't figure it out. Nah. Do, you, do you make time to create the work? Yeah, yep, yeah, I do. I Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on a roadie with the camera. Yep, definitely. Really? Yep, just so to you, take photos. You'll just say, hey, this is this is my time now. Jump yep. in the car, go snap some images. Yep. Create some work. Totally. Fantastic. Yep. But you're really bad at oh, curating I just bought that. a new Sigma lens the other day. And I'm just like frothing to get out <laughs> in the boat because I love taking the short focus close shots of ocean. Uh-huh. And it's just, oh, I can't wait to see what that yep. comes out like. Well, yeah. I see some of your prints in the store right now if I went up there and I... rifled through. There would be one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But I don't try, you know, I try and make everyone else's work the hero. It's, of course. It's, uh, Good on you. It's a head game thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But you're terribly, you're, I won't say terrible, but you're bad at curating your own work. Totally. You're bad at getting it out there and, yep. and pricing it. Yeah. Yep. I'm yep. too obsessed with my customers and making sure they're happy and stuff goes out. For example, we have like well under 1% return rate on online orders, which is extremely low for e-commerce. Wow. That is, that does sound low. Yeah. Very low. Yeah. yeah. We might make, if that, one mistake a month. Sure. You know, we're doing hundreds of orders a week. Oops, yeah. that was supposed to be framed, not unframed. Or that was supposed to be black frame, not a white frame. Yep. And we move extremely fast. And that's just one thing I never let 
uh, go. Mm-hmm. So I'm more focused on that rather than trying to sell my own work. That's yeah, just not, yeah. I'm not Understand. motivated for that at the moment. Yeah. Understand. You know what? But at least you're creating something. Well, that's it. It helps me understand what it's like to be the, on the other side. Yeah. And that's why I'd kind of do it in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I think that's really important. So even if you're even if you're not necessarily selling it, and I commend you on the fact that you're putting your customers and clients mm. first. Like doing that, I have no idea how artists put on exhibitions. It is so scary. I'm like, <laughs> they've got big balls to do that stuff. Yeah. Eh? Fill yeah. a room of just their work and be super proud of it, and then it watch it sell. It's like fuck. I can no way I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Happily do it for everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this could be something that you can strive for in that massive fifty year plan of yours that's as well. It. Hey, um, any final thoughts, words? bits of wisdom, bits of advice that you've got for either a budding artist, an established artist, or even just a business owner? Harder, faster, more. Harder, faster, faster more. more. If you think working 50 hours a week is a lot, work 65, work 70. Hustle harder. Hustle harder. Work harder. Work harder. Yeah. yeah. Is that work the, from 7 to 7 every single day for two years and you'll get it. Is that the advice you'd give to the 21-year-old Elliot? Uh, yep. Yep. Got any other advice you'd give to, to a younger Elliot? <laughs> Oh, that's, what was I doing when I was 21? I think I, I was 27 when I started Endemic. I think that's another thing people forget. They're like, oh, I'm old and I can't start a business. It's like, I started uni at 21 because yep. I failed, so I didn't get best friend and all that stuff. Sure. Found the brain later. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You might yeah. be 50, open a gallery tomorrow, just do it. Yeah. you got 30 more years to work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, good attitude. Yeah, just good go, attitude. go hard. And, it's, and people don't go hard and fast enough. New Zealand's a pretty slow town. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spend a little bit of time overseas or don't, just but just don't take, like, yeah, it's slow here. Uh-huh. You can always go faster. Oh, yeah, and I think if you do work harder and faster, like you're suggesting, you're probably going to um, succeed a little bit more than everyone else around you who's a little bit slower. You Not make, that it is a competition, but, you you're, you're making mistakes much faster and yep. earlier. And sure. Learning and... Yeah, your learning curve is extreme. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it gives you energy to go harder and faster, so it's like... Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Harder, faster. Are you read? Are you a reader? Are you reading anything at the moment? That's <laughs> a joke. My dad's like, I know you don't read books, but here's here's one anyway. So I'll read it if my dad gives it to me. Yeah. What's he, he know- given you last? Uh, what did he give me last? Uh, it's an autobiography. Uh, Peter McCleavy, famous art gallery in Wellington. Yeah. So it's his autobiography. I've had it for about two years, and I've read maybe two thirds. <laughs> right, you're almost there. Yeah. 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 I don't read anything. Pretend I have to read. Um, real. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Okay. So, which is usually just, you know, Radio New Zealand at 6am. That's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to read. <laughs> Fantastic. That's all good. That's all good. Not everyone does. Hey, and final question here, mate. You you are in a combi road trip. You're driving this puppy from Auckland to as far away as you can possibly go, three, four days. Who's sitting beside you in the passenger seat? Alive or dead? Any figure? Who do you want to be your companion? Oh, that's a toughie. Malcolm Gladwell. Really? New York, New York columnist. Yeah. New York Times columnist. Yeah. Awesome. That's... um. He's Fantastic. A, he's a legend. I oh, know, I know, and I'm smiling. And he talks. I'm smiling because my previous guest had the exact same answer. Oh, you're kidding? No. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting I'd ever hear that, let alone twice, so that's well, amazing. Well, I've only read about 10 books and five of them were his, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Great conversationalist, great oh, thinker. Yeah. Yep. Humorous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Malcolm big, big, big afro. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. suit the car. You look great. <laughs> That's such a cool answer. I love that. Okay, fantastic, Elliot. I thank you so much for your time today, for taking yeah, time out of your me. amazing business to come and chat with me. I thank you on behalf of artists and creatives around New Zealand and the world for the work you're doing. It is quite clear that you are supporting artists. Yep, the whole team. Make sure that. Not just Sorry, them. not yeah. just Elliot. Endemic World's doing it. Sorry, Endemic World. Elliot like and Endemic World yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Are, are supporting artists in a huge way. 
Um, and on behalf of all of them, I thank you for the work you're doing with, for them. Cool. And I really hope that things go so, so well for you. hope they continue to go well and, and go even better. Yeah, same. It's a good ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on you, man. You're obviously enjoying it, right? Yep. From the moment I walked in there and you greeted me, I can just see that you're, you're actually loving life at the moment, so that's a good thing. Yep, that's yeah. the one. Good on you, man. Thanks heaps. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Sure. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for sticking in there. I hope you really enjoyed that interview, that time spent with Elliot. I know I did. Did I do it justice? Did I do the art world justice, the gallery world justice? I'm not sure. I think one of the really interesting things for me, listening back to that interview, was my bias that I brought into the interview. I went in there with this idea about what I thought he was doing and the support that he was giving to artists. And from the outset, he said to me, oh, I'd never thought about that. Realistically, I'm just a sales and marketing man. And then later on, he mentions the fact that he's a businessman. He's running a business. He's trying to do the most efficient things he can for his business. He's trying to run it his way. Throughout all of this, he spoke fondly of artists, but he spoke much more fondly of art, and even more so of helping people find art. That's what he really loves. What he really loves is actually the public. He really loves joining the public up with great art. And I think when I was spending my time with Elliot, I kind of missed that, because my bias of what he was doing for artists was getting in the way. That was just a little lesson for me. I'm still working on my interview skills here, eh? I can only get better, surely. A couple of key things from, from Elliot's interview here. There's no right or wrong way to run your business, and he's great proof of that. He's redefining what a gallery is. He's completely changed the way that these artists get paid. The way that he buys some of this art outright and then sells it on. For an artist, that's a great thing. And for him, whilst he accepts a little bit more risk, it then means that he's in control of that art. No one said you had to do it a certain way. So he's going out and doing it his way. I love it. I love trailblazers. I love people who are just doing things their own way. It's one of the traits I admire most in any artist or business person. The way he niched down to just art, just prints, just painting, just 2D art on the walls, it was a really important lesson for him, really important part of his journey. And I could go on and on about the way that I think finding your niche is one of the most crucial things that you could ever do for either your art or your business. What about a 50-year vision? How many of us have a one or even a five-year vision, let alone 50 years? How grand? Pegs or paintings, as he put it. Got to take business seriously, right? Cash is king. Things are changing. You've got to be paying attention to business every day. I know it's hard when you're an artist and you actually just want to work on your craft, but to find that happy medium between making art and making money, you've really, really got to put some effort and time into the business side of things. Elliot does that really well. There are a lot of artists who also do that really well. And there's no shame in getting help in that area either. Go find an accountant. Go find a business coach. Go find a team of people who can help you run your business. One of the coolest things is the way that Elliot takes Fridays to stop working and to look at new submissions, setting time aside for that kind of work. His was very specific to him and his team looking at new artwork, but all of us can take that kind of approach to certain different parts of our business. As a photographer, I always used to take Fridays to set aside for going out and scouting, doing reconnaissance, actually practicing my craft, warming up, getting ready for a wedding over the weekend. I hardly did any office work on a Friday. I know another writer who's absolutely adamant that he has to take his weekends and he will never do any work over the weekends, even though there's this desire to just keep working. He loves what he does. He wants to do it all day, every day. But he forces himself to take that weekend so that when he comes back on Monday, he's even more refreshed and energized and excited about it. The idea of dividing our time or setting aside certain blocks of time, whether they be hours or days for very specific things that are integral to our business or our art, I think is a really, really important lesson. 
And finally, hustle. Harder, faster, more. I like that attitude. I like the fact that actually we can all probably just get off our lazy butts and just work a little bit harder. All you need to do is spend an extra hour a day just doing a little bit more. You'd be surprised where that effort will take you. All right, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, would love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought of the interview. Let me know if you've got any suggestions for future guests. Until next week, thanks a lot. Bye.